Hey, welcome to another episode of NFA Talk. This is NFA Talk, the show that talks about guns and gun rights. Keeping you up to date with what's currently going on. From the newest guns, promotions, and events, plus how we're lobbying for your rights. Hey, I'm your host, uh, Jordan Vandenhoff, and I'm here with Rob Bootler, also known as the Patriotic Dad. Hey, Rob, how's it going? Good, Jordan. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. So uh, I, I've taken a notice to your uh, Facebook page, The Patriotic Dad, and I've, I've seen that you've uh, kind of taken up the firearms uh, file, and, you, and you've really taken interest uh, to what's going on with uh, firearms and Canadian politics in that sense. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've I've always been pretty adamant about it. So I mean, you know, going back to when I started in 2017, that was really when I dialed into politics. And the whole firearms piece for me is really, you know, I grew up around firearms. You know, did a lot of hunting with, with my father. Um, you know, spent a lot of time on the farm using it to to kind of take care of critters and and stuff like that. And uh, just just watching what's been happening in politics with firearms. Like it's just it's it's infuriating to see the hypocrisy behind it all. So so for for me it was more, you know I'm interested in firearms. I think I told you I've recently obtained my my RPAL. Um but more so than just the interest in firearms was just the overall hypocrisy of uh, targeting legal firearms owners um, and smearing everybody with the same paintbrush. You know that that elimination of individual accountability. You know, it's not it's not the people that are committing the crimes. It's the guns is really the stance that the government has taken. So it's just it really bothered me. And that was where that was really where I really got turned on to it and, and took interest. Right. And uh, and like you said, you, you just got your R pal, which is uh, a little too late. I mean, uh, how, how does it feel the fact that, um, uh, you know, many, many of the, your friends uh, went out and, and purchased AR-15s and now have them in the safe. And uh, you can't even go to a store right now and purchase one of those. It's uh, it's gross. It, it's a really gross thing to see. Um, and, and again, I, like I said, it's infuriating just the hypo- hypocrisy behind it all. Like, you know, they've 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 put this OIC in place. They're they're slowly. Um, prohibiting more and more firearms with no notice, with no rhyme or reason to any of them. I mean, realistically, when you look at what the government's doing, you know, the logic they've built behind this order and council and, and this this confiscation scheme that they're working um, allows them to use this as a Trojan horse to really take every firearm away under the logic that they've built. And that's the frightening part is, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people with nefarious intentions I know there's a lot of people that aren't really well informed who are probably good people and, you know, have, have been frightened by the government and by all the rhetoric about firearms. And, uh, and they're all supporting this, this, what I feel to be violation of what I think to be our natural rights. And, uh, and, and again, like I said, it's just going to grow from here. So, so essentially they've set themselves on a path where they can, they can prohibit any firearm at any point in time. So once they get rid of all the stuff they deem to be scary, um, which again, functionally is no different than any other of the firearms that are available, where then do they go? Right. Absolutely. And and I, I take it you're talking about referring to the uh, evergreen uh, plan that Bill yep. Blair just released. Exactly. You know, it, it's going to give them uh, unlimited power to just uh, say, Hey, you know, we don't like the way this one looks. Let's uh, let's ban it. And the scary part is, 
is it it happens overnight like it changes in the frt system and it's it, it's done like there there's no notification to the firearms owners that hey you're you're new you're new or recently new or or a firearm that you've had for many years is now gone prohibited so i mean i could i could be taking one of my shotguns out to uh to the trap field and last night it could have been it could have been deemed prohibited and i would have no idea and really puts the onus on firearms owners where we have to check the frt table before leaving our house every time but the problem with that is it's not easily accessible they just made it public but it, it only gets updated so often so you even then you you won't even know until the following week if that firearm that week was prohibited and how how, how are they going to how are they going to do this how are they going to maintain this like it, it's it's ludicrous right i don't know how else to put it well and 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 again you've got you know the firearms community like statistically if you look at, at the numbers behind firearms owners they're the most peaceful, law-abiding people in the entire country. And the government's put, put things in place that criminalizes these people overnight who've, who've earned the right to have these firearms. And, and they've earned that freedom through their behaviors and their commitment to the culture and, and the training and everything they've done. And that's the, that's the really disgusting part to me is, is again, and, you know, and the government's rhetoric is, is horrible for it as well, is, is, you know, these legal firearms owners are somehow considered to be dangerous by the government. And what, when you really start digging into it, I mean, I, I posted something recently. I got a lot of flack over it. Um, and there's a guy by the name of Gary Mauser, and he's done some interesting studies in the firearms. And, you know, just, just to push the point, a firearms owner is one-third as likely to commit a homicide as a member of a male member of the general population, um, which, is, which is astounding when you think of it. I mean, yeah, and, and that being said, the point I made recently was that, you know, the, the leftist who's pounding their chest demanding gun confiscation is three times more likely statistically to commit a homicide than a legal gun owner. But who do we target? Right. That's that's the, the hypocritical piece to me is, you know, from a risk management perspective, we're targeting the most peaceful, the least dangerous segment of society with endless government resources. Um, it's it's the whole conversation is about legal firearms owners and what we need to do to them. And we're ignoring all the big things. There's a ton of things that are killing thousands of people every year. And you don't hear a peep about those things. That's right. And, and I keep, I keep telling people this, they're, 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 the government's lazy. Um, they're taking the, the wrong approach. They're going after the law abiding citizens, the ones that will comply with, with the new regulations, the ones that will show least resistance. And they're failing to go after the criminals who we all know don't, don't obey the laws as it is. Yeah. I, you know, I've been, I've been looking at numbers and, you look at the amount of effort the government's been putting into focusing on legal gun owners. So as a population, when you look at homicides committed by legal gun owners, it's 0.04 per 100,000. And that is exceptionally low um, statistically. I mean, when you look at, you know, the flu and pneumonia, for example, it's 20 per 100,000. When you look at, you know, just, just overall death in general in Canada, you know, you're looking at 750 per 100,000 yearly. So, so, you know, my big, my big point I've been making recently is all, you know, these people who are demanding more gun control and gun confiscation, you know, they, they base it off the premise that they're, they're, they care for human lives. And this is where it it's frustrating for me is, 
every one of these people who are trying to push this agenda, when you look at opioid deaths in Canada, when you look at overdoses, you're looking at about, you know, almost 5,000 people a year dying of overdose in Canada. Um, and that equates to, as a statistic, 13 per 100,000 people. So legal firearms owners, 0.04 per 100,000. Opioids, 13 per 100,000. You don't hear a word from the politicians on it. These people who who claim to care so much about human life that we can't have firearms on the streets and, and blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen one of them make a single comment about opioid deaths in Canada. So again, if, if these people truly were in this, you know, because they cared about human lives and not to be trendy and, and you know, attack what appears to be an easy target, they'd be talking about this stuff. I mean, you've, you've got doctors that are advocating for gun control now. You know, as a doctor, you would think they would be more focused on the opioid epidemic than they would gun control. But you've got advocacy, you know, anti-firearm advocacy groups run by doctors that are targeting legal firearms owners again. And again, the, the, the wrong conversation is happening in Canada right now. To me, it's, it's amazing we're even having a conversation about firearms and gun control with the systems we currently have in place. And even then, I mean, so most of the, the systems that we already have in place go over, over and beyond. Um, most, uh, most of the general public will agree that Canada does have strict gun control. But, uh, if you, if you look at it, where, where's the public, uh, public from the public safety, uh, aspect? Um, what, what has the gun control that we, we have currently done to, to prevent, uh, anything you know whether it's you know five rounds in a magazine uh versus six rounds or seven rounds in a magazine it's going to make no difference to public safety the vetted firearms legal firearms owners are are not the problem right so you know it it doesn't it doesn't take 30 bullets one bullet could do it but we we're like you said with your statistics we're just we're not there you know we're we're law-abiding we we obey the rules yeah (laughs) Well, and, and, and to me, you know, you look at the you look at all the measures we have for gun control and the training and everything that's in place. And and I, I could be totally wrong about this in, in saying it, but I'm just speaking from kind of an objective outsider standpoint, because, again, I haven't been, you know, as engaged in the firearms community as a lot of folks have. But a lot of the gun control measures in place right now, I feel, you know, are absolutely 100 percent ineffective at stopping, you know, somebody hell bent on committing a crime from obtaining a firearm and doing it they're to me they're they're very effective for you know firearm safety and and stopping accidental discharge and you know deaths from that means they've been hugely successful in making you know firearms ownership safer for firearms owners but when you take that tool and now you try to shift it towards the people who don't follow laws and aren't going to follow any of these rules it's just it's absolutely it's it's insane that we're actually having a conversation about this. We're sitting here saying, we're going to put more legislation. We're going to put more bureaucracy in place to stop people who ignore legislation and bureaucracy from doing what they're hell bent on doing uh, because they're demented, sick individuals. Right. It's, it's insane to me that we're actually focusing taxpayer dollars and, you know, and that's become such a huge part of the public conversation right now is, is that point. Right. 
Well, that's that's just exactly it. I mean, you know, taxpayers' dollars. What the government's doing right now, there's there's no evidence that this is going to change anything, and it's going to cost billions of dollars to purchase back all these firearms. And it, it's it's not Trudeau's money. It's not Bill Blair's money. It's the taxpayers' money. Yep. Um, and then to rub salt in the wound, you know, your your AR-15. That um, well, I mean, you can't purchase it because it's it's banned now. But yep. like like one of my AR-15s, you know, like if I paid three four thousand dollars for it, do you think they're going to give me that for that firearm? Not no, the, no, not a chance. They're gonna they're gonna say, oh, we'll give you a couple hundred dollars and and be happy that we're giving you something. Right. And it, it's, it's disgraceful that they're, that they're going down this route when they, when they really should be targeting what the car, what the root problem is. And that's the criminals. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we can talk about, uh, talk about it all night about how, you know, it's the criminals that don't, uh, that don't, uh, follow the laws. But I mean, how, do, how as firearms owners, how do you think we're going to make this shift to, to make people realize that, Hey, we're not the problem. We, we need to go after the problem and, and let's, let's come, come to a common ground with, with the firearms owners and where everybody's happy. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I guess that's where I'm really struggling with the conversation. Jordan is, you know, we're expected in this community to have a reasonable conversation with unreasonable people. And I feel like, you know, firearm, firearm owners in general have been pushed so far past the line that it's just a gang obsession now. I mean, there's no reason firearms owners should be required to justify why they own a particular firearm or why they're interested in the hobby or or concede more control to the government. I mean, they talked about central storage even, like stuff like that. Like, like to me, it's absolutely unfair that this peaceful, law-abiding segment of the community who's far less likely to commit, commit crimes or, or murders or anything they're pushed up against a wall. They're getting beat over the head again and again with this legislation. And the government just has no respect for the community at all. And here we are in this situation. And the conversation is, well, how, how do we concede more ground to make these people happy? And, you know, to me, like personally, I don't know how much of a winning battle we have on our hands here. The Canadian constitution is weak. We're not afforded any firearms rights. Um, and I'm just to the point where I'm so PO'd with, with the conversation that I just don't have any patience for people who are pushing against this. I mean, it's really, again, these people who come to me and they, they want to make these big firearms debates and arguments over these little tiny numbers that are, that are affecting people are the same people who are ignoring the 5,000 people who die a year of opioids. To me, that's kind of gross that, that right. that's where you're putting your focus versus the real problems in society. So, so again, I, I honestly, you know, I don't know really what the right approach is. You know, I'm a bit of a, you know, I, I kind of take no hostages when it comes to stuff like this. I really don't like conceding ground, um, especially when people are in a situation where they've been unfairly uh, treated and had their backs pushed up against the wall so much already. It's really difficult for me to, to understand where you do go from there. And it, it's very hard to have a, an open conversation with the with the anti gunners. the The media suppresses us. Uh, Facebook uh, slows us down. You know they 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 don't they they 
basically what we can talk about is shadow banning. Like they'll, they'll close your page down. They'll, they'll slow you down. They, they kill your reach. Uh, mainstream media, they, they're really great at showing all the negatives, but do they show the positives? You know, there's, there's many, many gun clubs out there that do great things for their community, whether they're doing, they're doing charity events or, or they're, you know, bringing the general public out to try to educate them better on firearms and, and to show the general public, Hey, like this is what goes on at a gun range. You know, there's not a whole bunch of people dressed up as Rambo running around toting their guns and, and, uh, you know, shooting these assault style as they call it firearms because they, they just don't exist. I mean, right now, like you are AR 15s, you pull the trigger once it, it fires around. You have to release the trigger. And then pull the trigger again. You know, we're, it's it's not just pull and hold and spray and pray. It's uh, the it's it's ludicrous that they call them these military weapons. And um, you know, when Trudeau says, you know, these these were designed for war and meant to be, you know, to kill the the most the most people in the least amount of time. Well, I mean, in Canada, we're only allowed five rounds. You're if your magazine can hold more than five, you're, you you put this rivet in there. You can only put five. So, I mean. You know, you have to pull the trigger five times, right? Because we're law-abiding citizens, and that's not going to happen in the first place. So, so it's it, it's just it's silly listening to like I, when I listen to him and and I listen to all his sayings, it's just absolutely ludicrous and silly that they uh, that they want to go down this road. Well, their 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 warping of language is, and again, it's it, it this stuff really does frighten me when I see it. Right? So this this military assault weapon, assault style weapon. And, and this term, and you, you know as well as I do, Jordan, a group of, you know, ideological leftists sat in a room and decided this is the most scary way we can frame up firearms to get what we want out of the conversation. And they said, weapons designed to kill the most people in the shortest period of time, which is absolutely wrong. It's disgusting. Firearms, you know, most of these are for sport shooting, for hunting. I would say, you know, any firearm that's on the market right now you're not going to find one that was designed with the explicit intent to kill the most number of people possible in the shortest amount of time, as the liberals say. Like, to me, that's pure slander on even the firearms designers themselves when they're doing that. You know, and, and that's, that's where I get frustrated with it is because, again, the assault-style weapons. And that's, and that's the question I ask people when they start arguing with me about firearms. Because, again, you know, we already talked about this. I'm not deep into the community at this point. I've got a lot of interest in it. I did, you know, lots of hunting with my family and grew up on a farm and we used it to, to protect the animals on the farm and lots of coyote hunting and stuff like that. But as far as the sport end of things, I haven't really done it, but functionally, this is my question to these guys. Tell me what the functional difference is between what the government deems to be an assault style weapon and a regular semi-automatic firearm. And that's when the conversation comes to a stop because they can't tell me any functional difference between the two between the two guns or the two types of guns. And to me, that is an indication now. This is what 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 bothers me down the road. I mean, we're we're in this now. But you think if this continues ten to twenty years from now, what kind of what kind of shape we're going to be in? Again, they've opened this up that at some point in time they're going to have banned all the stuff. 10 to 20 years they're looking at like three to five to to get rid of all this i mean right now now they're they're targeting the handguns right so yeah. 
And then after the handguns, where are they going to go? Well, they're, they're not just going to give up, right? So then we, we, we're going to move on to the, to the shotguns, to the bolt actions, yep. you know, and, and they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to wait 10 to 20 years. They, they want three to five and it's coming. And if you think it's not, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I struggle with the whole, you know, conversation where we reach a middle ground because there is no middle ground. There's just more rights. And I consider them to be natural rights. Um, being taken from legal gun owners over time until there's just none left, until they're all taken away. And, and that's always going to be the conversation. They're demonized. They feel like, you know, they're a peaceful community and they want to work things out. So they do that. But again, they just keep getting stomped on and they keep getting taken advantage of by the government and by all these leftists. And I, and I sp- explicitly call these people leftists because, again, I know lots of great liberals that you know, they don't, they don't feel this way about firearms and they might not agree with it, but they've got some left-wing views, but it's more the extremist end of these things that, that fight for these things. And they just, they're gonna, they're gonna keep taking and taking and taking until there's nothing left. And then they'll find another enemy that they want to take down and they'll take that away. And they'll take that away. You look at the UK. I mean, they have knife bans, right? That's where this stuff goes. They just ban more stuff once they run out of stuff to ban. It doesn't stop. So again, just giving any ground to these people, it's it's a struggle for me to to really kind of get on board with that because it's just going to keep moving. <laughs> At one point, we're going to have to wrap ourselves in uh, bubble wrap before we can leave the house, right? Like it's yeah. and like you said, the UK. I mean, they they took away they took away guns, but I mean, I can pull up a bunch of articles. They are still using guns in the UK, yeah. and who's using guns? The criminals. Yeah. So now that they've taken all the firearms away from from uh, a country like that, or at least limited them very a lot, then. Yet you you still you're still you're still got the criminal element that that is committing these crimes. They they're still smuggling these guns in, and those that are not able to do that, what did they do? They just changed their tool, and that's what the gun is. It's it's a tool, yep. you know. So now they've gone from a firearm to a knife, and yep. like you said, now now we've got knives. So now the government's got to pose a knife ban. Where where does it end? And, and again, we've, this is one of the biggest problems in society today. We see it with a lot of the movements taking place, a lot of the unrest. There's no individual accountability anymore. It came out the other day. There was, you know, that shooting in Toronto where that 12-year-old boy was shot. And I think, I think another victim in that shooting was killed. And you had guys who were prohibited from owning fire, possessing firearms, have some kind of gang fight, and they fired indiscriminately shooting a few people and they killed this, they killed this young boy. And, and I do believe there was another victim of this shooting that, that passed away. And what did you see on Twitter? Catherine McKenna came out and said, she essentially said, you know, guns kill people. This needs to stop. Like that's not verbatim, but that's roughly, you know, what she equated it to. There was no mention of crime or gang violence, which by the way, when you look at gun homicides, over 60% of the homicides in Canada are related to gang violence. How much conversation do you hear anybody having about gangs? Absolutely. And that, and that's just, that's just terrible. And I feel, feel very sad for the family of that 12 year old boy. Um, my heart goes out to them. They should never had to have experienced that. Um, it, it, it really, uh, it really saddens me. Um, and, and Jordan twisted, <laughs> demented people. Will always find a way. And what I really wanted to get at was how quickly 
um, Catherine McKenna jumped on that. It, it, it was disgusting. It made me, it made me sick. And there was many other anti-gunners that, uh, that are voiced in, in the community out there that they, they couldn't even wait a day. They had to, it, it's like they were foaming at the mouth saying, I got to post something, whether they went to Twitter or Facebook and they, they couldn't even give the family time to mourn, which is, it's, it, it saddened me. It, you know, it's, it's, it's totally disgusting on their behalf. And here, here we have, you know, the, the firearms community, we respect the family and we, we wait. And then, you know, we talk about it down the road, but, uh, you know, and the media, the media picked up on it right away. And, you know, it's a negative for firearms. Let's go, let's roll with it. You know, I, um, I've con I've done, um, I've done events where, you know, firearms in a positive way and you call the media up and they say, yeah, there's no story there, you know, and it's almost, if you have to read between the lines and you have to wait for them to say, Hey, if somebody gets shot, then call us and we'll, we'll come down and cover it. Right. And that's, that's sad too, that, uh, that we've gone this way. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see. I mean, you look at the shooting in Nova Scotia that happened recently and actually one of the uh, victims i worked with her husband for a number of years and you know kind of watching what played out there and how things went down again it's you know they they kind of launched this whole oic off of that situation and oh exactly well that's the thing like they had the oic already drafted up they had it ready to go they were just waiting for the moment and when nova scotia hit that was the moment and then they roll with it and they used it um to drop what they what they want what their agenda was you know they they already had it drafted up the same with this handgun ban they've already got something in place they're just waiting for the moment and it might be this this 12 year old boy in in toronto or we might have to wait for the the next major event before they decide to move forward with it yeah. you know and the speaking of the nova scotia uh uh, event like here we here we have a guy that uh illegally obtained his firearms and used firearms that we don't know yet but we we we're guessing only because of the fact that if he had one of those firearms on the oic list the media would have broadcasted that went around and and did what he did right and i don't want to give him too much attention and again you know there's so much focus on the object, the tool, and not enough focus, in my opinion, on the individual accountability and the twisted, demented people that do these things, right? You don't, that's, that doesn't become part of the conversation because, you know, it's more elusive, I guess. It's, it's harder to contend with. It takes more resources to deal with the mental health side of things and, and that portion of it. Um, and again, the easy thing to do. And to me, you know, it's it's twisted because it allows the government to project results. So we've made all of these provisions and these changes, and we've restricted this ownership piece. And nobody puts two and two together and understands that it's that all of these moves are absolutely one hundred percent ineffective at preventing any of these crimes from taking place. Rob, it's been uh, it's been great talking with you, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Um, so everybody out there listening, please uh, go visit uh, Rob Bootler's uh, Facebook page, uh, like and subscribe, uh, check out the Patriotic Dad, and uh, Rob, thanks uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Awesome, and anytime, Jordan. Really enjoyed it. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of NFA Talk. Like and follow the NFA on social media and sign up to become a member.